Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I'm so glad that you're donating your time this morning, that you're giving selflessly of your time to listen, to be encouraged, to learn, and to spend it with us, hearing God's Word. You know, time is one thing we never get back. It always marches on. And so that you are willing to give that 30 minutes and spend it with us is something that we are very, very grateful for. Would you join us in prayer this morning? Our Father in heaven, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for being our God, for being there for us, for showing us your ways. Father, I ask that you would hear our prayer, that you would look down from your holy heaven, you would heal this land, that you would forgive us of our sins and our trespasses, that our nation would once again be united and be a nation under God. Lord, I pray that you will put your holy hand upon our leaders, that they will once again turn to you. Father, Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us hands and hearts to serve, to look at people through your eyes. Lord, we know that in and of ourselves we're not worthy, but we are very, very grateful that you have given us grace and mercy. We thank you for your holiness, Lord. We thank you that you are God and that we are not. I ask that you would Bless this time this morning as we look to your word, as we see more of who you are. May we as your children recognize you. May we hear your voice. May we cling to you. May we draw closer to you. And may we be that example in our communities. Lord, we know that our fields are white and ready into harvest. We know that there are souls that need your word, that need your grace and your redemption. Help us to reach them. Right here in the Rio Grande Valley, help us to reach them, Lord. That your light would grow ever brighter. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, we're still in our session series, and we're talking about judgment, something that nobody likes. However, as individuals, I have found that we like to cast judgment. We like to give that scornful eye. We like to feel empowered, better than, more righteous than. But you know, that oftentimes goes to a corrupt heart and an unholy, unrighteous, and vile demeanor. We must remember that we, as individuals bought by the blood of the Lamb, are not worthy. We are redeemed by the blood. We are covered by the blood. We've been given grace and mercy. And I hope that we never forget that. 
Last week, I talked about how God judges everyone according to their deeds. And this week, I'm going to be speaking to you about how Christ judges the intent of the heart. Now think about that for a moment. With Christ being the judge and a righteous judge, we often think judgment needs to come down with that hard, firm hammer. We want the hardest punishment thrown on somebody unless it's us. Then we want leniency. But what if I were to tell you that God judges the intent of the heart? Have you ever had someone who can tell you a good story, but they have an ulterior motive? Well, Christ sees the ulterior motive. That's his holiness. That's his righteousness. And that's his mercy. So this morning, uh, I'm going to take you first into the Old Testament. And the book we're going to go into was written by a man who was oftentimes throughout history considered to be the wisest man who ever lived. That's King Solomon. The book we're going to go to is often referred to as the book of preachers. The preacher of preachers. That of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to be in chapter 12 for a little bit today. There's a few verses I want us to focus on, mainly on verses 13 and 14, but I want to give you some context. I want you to see a picture of what we're talking about. So if I'm going to read on here from the beginning of this chapter, and it'll go fairly quickly for you, but I want you to hear me. And this here is... A remembrance by Solomon. He's remembering the Creator. And he's remembering Him from the days of his youth. And how we must have one thing in our life. One chief concern, according to Solomon. And that is the fear of God. So let me read to you, starting in verse 1 of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not dark, nor the clouds return after the rain. Here he's talking about the use of time. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong man shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. And when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, And the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. 
or ever the silver cord be loosed, and the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Here, that's talking about time, it's talking about death, it's talking about the corruption of the body, and the soul going back unto Christ. Now, in verse 8, it starts like this. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he shall he, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed, and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished. And making books there is no end, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. Now listen to the next two verses. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So here, my friends, Solomon writing, expounding, giving wisdom, talking about life, the corruption of the body. Remember, Solomon was a man who had everything. The Bible says that silver became so plentiful during his reign that it was as gravel on the ground. The richest man, the wisest man, had everything the fleshly heart could desire. And yet, he cries out, vanity, vanity, everything is vanity. In death, as he's speaking of here, the culmination of life, one thing mattered. One duty above all else, to fear the Lord and to keep His commandments. And then listen to the reason why. Listen to his reason. He says, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Let me ask you this. Are you ready to have your secret sin exposed? Are you ready to have everything laid bare? Are you ready? to face that judgment. Because here, he tells us, he's speaking about the sobering certainties of judgment. He's speaking about the knowledge that at the end, when he has to give an account for every 
action. God is going to judge the intent. He's going to judge the secret things, the known things. He's going to call to an account those lustful thoughts, those ideas of, well, how can I cheat them? Or, well, nobody has to know about this. Nobody has to know. It's secret. But I tell you something. Nothing is secret from God. As I counsel people, I'm I'm surprised at how people are afraid to talk to God. Afraid to make known to Him their problems. Afraid to make known the confession of their sin. And so I, I often tell people this, because God is going to reveal the secret things, and the Bible tells us that the things in which you do in secret shall be proclaimed openly from the rooftops, God already knows the secrets of your heart. He already knows the vain ambition. He already knows the carnal desires, the ulterior motives. He already knows those things that you are afraid to make known. He already knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing. He knows the heartache. He knows the lust. He knows the passion. He knows the greed. He knows the lies. He knows the envy. He knows it. You can fool man, but you can never fool God. And so here, what what Solomon was trying to convey is that none of us are without coming judgment. None of us go beyond reproof. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So this is, this is telling you, my friends, God is going to judge your works. Yes, your works. What do you mean by that? Well, simply it's this. What do you labor in? What do you labor for? Do you labor so that you can get ahead by any means necessary? Do you labor to be a good steward? Do you labor to serve God? Do you labor so that you would be noticed? Do you labor that others would feel sorry for you? Do you labor for yourself? Are you always grumbling? Are you always complaining? Do you not know how to recognize a blessing? My friends, I ask you a simple question. Are you laying up for yourself treasures on earth or treasures in heaven? Because God will judge it all. He's going to judge what it is you choose to invest your time into and for the reasons in which you do it. Now, unless you think, well, that's just Old Testament, 
Look with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And let's take a look over here. Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to again start in verse 1. And listen closely to this. Christ is our inspiring example. And the writer of Hebrews in this chapter, if we were to sum it up, if we were to give you a, a very brief statement about it, I would say the writer is trying to exhort you to faith and godliness, looking to Christ as your inspiring example. And then we see that we have this example includes Christ's suffering, our striving to be like Christ, our forgetfulness, and how chastisement goes on to be the mark of the Son and God correcting His children. And then we see the purpose of this chastisement. And then, my friends, there's the exhortation concerning our conduct. And at the end, we start to see a contrast between the law and the Gospels. But listen here as we start at verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastisement of the Lord, nor faint thou art rebuked of him. Don't be surprised that you are rebuked by God. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits, and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now the chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, not joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, Listen, clear, listen closely. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, 
but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, my friends, verses 12 and 13 is really where we want to focus, but I want to give you 12, 13, and 14. I want to read those separately to you, and I want you to hear these words again. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12, 13, and 14. Hear these words. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed, and follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now let's break this down as it talks about the intent of judgment. Hear me on this. Those hands that hang down, that's a, and the feeble knees, that's a sign of being tired and wore out. That's a sign of having been exhausted, beaten down, discouraged. What this is telling us here is to be strong, be faithful, be encouraged in Christ. Why? Because we have been chastened of God because He loveth us. We've been corrected by God because He loves us. He wants us to be more in His image, leaving the carnal behind. And listen to this. <coughs> this next verse, this next verse is talking about the believer's walk, our duty to walk, the spiritual healing, and the right path. And make straight paths for your feet. In other words, be straightforward in all that you do. Don't have obstacles that you have to go around to try and make something work. Be straightforward in your dealings. Walk straightly. Walk righteously. Walk justly. Walk in accordance to Holy Scripture. Walk according to the commandments of God. Remember back in Ecclesiastes, the duty of man is to fear God and to do what? Keep His commandments. If we are to make straight the paths, we're not going to have the twists and turns. We're not going to have the deception. We're not going to have a conniving spirit. We're going to be straightforward in our walk, straightforward in all that we do. And did you notice the preceding verse about the hands and the feeble knees? You're to be strong, bold assured of what you're doing. Listen. Listen to what follows here. Lest the path which is lame be turned out of the way. Here. Remember the Samaritan on the side of the road? Or the, the man, the, the story about the good Samaritan. People would go out of the way to avoid them. My friends, this is speaking right here, right here about spiritual healing. Make straight your path. Make straight your path. Have it be sure. Go before God and have your soul healed. And you may be saying, well, how do I get my soul healed? The simple process. Seek his face, 
ask for forgiveness, walk in accordance to the righteousness, forsaking the sins that once beset you. Remember back here in the start of the, the chapter? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Here, the writer is reinforcing this for us. Now, now look, look what it says. But let it rather be healed. Now, verse 14 is one that our country needs to hear today, and it takes a Christian to be able to do it. It takes those who have the mark of God, who are sealed by God, who love God and follow Him, to do this. The world cannot do this. The world cannot do this outside of Christ. This is the job of the believer. This is the job for you. This is a job for me. Listen to this. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait, 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 wait. Does that mean that we let them have their way? Does that mean that whenever something is contrary to God and people are whining and crying and throwing fits and temper tantrums because they're not getting their way, that if we want to have peace, we just let them have it, we acquiesce? No. No, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about social peace. This is talking about the Christian standing for righteousness. But just because you're standing for righteousness doesn't mean you get to be a prick. It doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. It doesn't mean that you abuse others. What it does mean is that you display the same grace and mercy you were shown by Christ. It does mean that. Does that mean that you allow yourself to just get beat up and everything else? No, it does not. It doesn't mean you have to let them take and abuse you. But it means that you find the peace through Christ. Because look at what it says. Find peace with all men and holiness. And holiness. Well, that holiness has to come from God. So we have to display the righteous, holy nature of God and not that of a carnal, vindictive mind. Because it says, without which no man shall see the Lord. I'm going to read one more verse to you, and then I'm going to have to close. It says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. My friends, when you have that root of bitterness, anger, malice, and all these different things, it defiles you. It defiles you. That's a sobering thought. When we consider that we have to stand before God and give an account. Well, my friends, I want to thank you for tuning in. 
I want to ask that you would go to our website, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. I would also like to invite you to go to Facebook. Give our page a like. Follow us. Tune in for the messages. And at 10.30 this morning, you can come on down for the live service. We would love to meet you, love to greet you, love to get to know you as we serve Christ together. we got some exciting announcements coming up for November, and I hope that you'll check out our Facebook page and check out our website. Find out more about them. You can donate there. You can send us an email, a message, and we will get back to you. Once again, I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher, and it's a blessing to have you tune in today. May God bless you, enrich you, and keep you. Bye-bye.